Well, once again, thank you for joining us at Landmark Baptist Church. I'm going to be talking today uh, about discipline over regret, the choices that we make. Last week, we talked about uh, choices of uh, control, control issues, and many times we want to control things in our life, and uh, we have to surrender those things to God. And uh, in light of what's going on in the world today, um, I think that's very appropriate. Uh, some things are outside of our control, beyond our control, but we know the one who's in control. God is in control, and I want to encourage you with that word today. God's in control, and we trust him. Uh, he holds, the Bible says that he holds our very lives in his hands, and so we, we trust in him today. And uh, I want to give you encouragement today. I want to give you encouragement through God's word. And uh, so uh, if you're trying, if it's freaking you out because uh, this is outside of your control, and I know many people, that's what it is. There's lots of anxiety today in the world because people, this is something they can't control. This is something that's outside of their control. And I want to encourage you today, surrender it to the Lord. He can handle it. He tells us in his word, cast all your cares upon me. And so that's what we need to do. Uh, today, but uh, moving on to the next part today, we're going to talk about the choice of discipline over regret. Our first scripture for today is from John chapter 16, verse 33, and it says this, it says, these things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation. Notice it says not maybe it says you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Again, what a great scripture for everything that we're going through today. These things have I spoken to you. In the world you will have tribulation. And so we need to understand that we will all experience pain. We're all going to experience pain. And uh, some of it is within your control. Some of it is beyond your control. Uh, for instance, someone that you love one day may betray you, or maybe that's already happened in your life. Uh, one day, uh, your job may be downsizing. And so they just come to you one day and say, we no longer need you. And you're let go. And you go from having a very secure job, uh, to the next minute, having no job and not knowing where your paycheck's going to come from or how you're going to pay your bills, those kind of things outside of your control. And, uh, you just uh, have to learn how to deal with it. Uh, or uh, the coronavirus shows up and shuts everything down as it has. Uh, those things happen. We're all going to experience pain. Uh, life has a way of throwing you curveballs. I think we all understand that and know that. And so how do we handle that? What do we do in the things that we can't control? And we talked a lot last week about those things uh, that we can't control. Uh, we did post last week's sermon uh, on Facebook, on our Landmark Baptist Church Tyler Facebook page. The link is there, still there. So I encourage you, if you didn't hear last week, go back and listen uh, to last week's. It's about cho choosing uh, surrender over control issues in my life. Um, and then uh, understanding, but today there are some things that are within our control. So those are the things we're going to talk about today. Some pain is within our control. You can choose your pain. Uh, and uh, I choose the pain of discipline instead of the pain of regret. Some pain is within your control. Uh, in other words, you can choose the pain of obeying your parents now, or you can choose the pain of the consequences that you will suffer later on. Or you can uh, choose the pain of studying now, or you can choose the pain of having to retake the class later, having to drop the class and come back and take the class later and repeat it. 
You can choose the pain of saying no to temptations, or you can choose the pain of having to beat an addiction later on in your life and the struggle and the pain of trying to beat that addiction in your life after it has uh, uh, put its claws into your life. Uh, or you can choose the pain of uh, living within your means, or you can choose the pain of paying off debt forever and digging a financial hole and maybe never being able to get out of that financial debt. So in other words, there are a lot of areas where you can choose the pain. I can choose the pain of discipline instead of the pain of regret. Many things in our life, we need to learn discipline and self-control in our life. And I know that's kind of a, a dirty word today. Uh, I confess to you and myself, uh, man, discipline is a hard thing to have in your life sometimes self-control is a hard thing to have in your life and we can't do it on our own our flesh is weak but guess what we can do it with the help of our lord and savior jesus christ um so let's go and then we're going to look at a couple of things here uh number one uh, discipline is choosing between what you want now versus what you want most. Discipline is choosing between what you want now versus what you want most. In other words, the thing that I need to do now so that I won't regret it later on. Uh, many times we just want the easy path. Uh, we want the easiest route. We want whatever's the easiest thing. But many times the easiest path is the worst thing that we can do for ourselves. All right. And so the scripture that goes with this, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul talked about it. The Apostle Paul uh, wrote most of the New Testament. Um, the, he's one of our kind of the heroes of the faith. And so we might kind of tend to think that uh, the Apostle Paul had his act all together and he was always strong and he always did the right thing. But when you get to this chapter, Romans chapter 7, we understand and we see that Paul struggled just like you and I do. And in Romans chapter 7, Paul becomes very transparent about himself. He becomes very transparent that he struggles. And as great as Paul was and as great a, a spiritual hero to us that he is, he struggled with the things in life. And so that's what Romans chapter 7 is about. We're going to read verses 15 through 25 and uh, listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says this, he says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Sound familiar? Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me 
from this body of death. And verse 25 is our victory. It says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So what is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that he struggles. There is this war within him. There is this war between his flesh and and there is this war between his flesh and the Holy Spirit of God that lives within him. I want to encourage uh, you uh, watching that if, uh, if you have asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior and you've surrendered your life to him, then uh, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit comes and lives within inside of us. God is no farther away than your heart. His Spirit lives within inside of you. But the problem that causes is just what Paul is talking about. You are still flesh and bone. Your flesh still desires the things of the flesh and the things of this world. But the Spirit of God lives within you. And so the things that you used to do and not think twice about, now that the Spirit of God lives within you, those things convict you. You have a conscience now, and those things begin to, uh, they don't seem right, and they seem wrong, and it's things in your life that you know that you need to get rid of. What is that? That's the war between the Spirit of God that lives within inside of you and the flesh that you still live inside of. And some people ask me, Mark, when will this day be over? Well, I can tell you this, that day will only be over the day that you uh, leave this earth, that you leave this body, leave this flesh, and that you're standing in front of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. That is the day when it will be over. As long as you're here on this earth, as long as you're breathing, as long as you still have flesh and bone, uh, then that war is always going to be there. Uh, so I want to encourage you today. Uh, there is a war. We all struggle with that war, and I want you to understand that the Spirit of God lives within you. You can be victorious, not because of you, not because of your flesh, not because of anything that you can do or how good you can be or how perfect you can be, but because the Spirit of God lives within you and He wants to give us victory. He wants to set the captives free. He wants us to overcome all of our addictions. He wants us to be better uh, wives and better husbands and better mothers and better fathers. And the Spirit of God that lives within us, we need to feed that. Uh, you know, some people compare it to uh, you have the spirit dog and the flesh dog and uh, which one is going to be stronger and the one that you feed the most is going to be the strongest in your life and so if you want the spirit of God to be stronger in your life that's what you've got to feed that means you've got to read your Bible more that means you've got to pray more that means you've got to spend more time with God you've got to work on developing your relationship with God and that is what you need to feed if you want the flesh to be stronger then that's pretty easy you just feed it uh, the things of this world uh, uh, you feed it all the, the television and magazines and all the things of this world and just let all those things infiltrate your life. And that's what you're feeding and that's what you're going to, to reap in your life. So uh, we've got to feed the spirit of God that lives within us. All right. Uh, all right. The next slide says this, if you would. First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25 says, Do you not know? that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Now I love this because I, I don't know, uh, you know, this again, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing in a letter to the church at Corinth, and he's telling you, he's comparing it to running a race. And he says this, that everyone runs in the race and everyone competes for the prize, 
uh, but they do it to obtain a crown that's going to fade away. We do it uh, for an everlasting crown or an imperishable crown. We do it for the glory of God. And so why should we run the race well? Because God deserves that. He deserves our best. And so what happens? Uh, what do professional athletes have to do? All right. Professional athletes must be very disciplined. If you are going to be a professional athlete, you have to learn some discipline. Uh, now, obviously, I am not a, uh, a professional uh, uh, athlete, uh, but if I was going to be, uh, this is what I would have to do. I would have to uh, have very disciplined workouts. I would have to work out at most professional athletes work out several hours per day, and uh, they work out to keep their bodies fine-tuned. Uh, then a diet. Most professional athletes have to, especially during the season, they have to adhere to a very strict diet because the workout is not enough by itself. You've got to eat right. You've got to put the right things in your body, keep the wrong things out of your body <coughs> Excuse me, to be at top physical shape. And then the last thing is motivation. They must work on their motivation. Again, what are they, what are they running for? They're running to win the prize. Uh, you know, if you watch the Olympics, you understand what an incredible sacrifice. These athletes train for four years uh, to go and, uh, and in a one-time contest, uh, to, they run for the prize to get the gold medal, the silver medal, the bronze medal. Now, you know, there's the gold medal, there's the silver medal, and there's the bronze medal. But what is everybody there for? They're not there to win a silver medal or a bronze medal. They're there. They are competing to win the prize. They don't train four years to come in second or third. They go to win. That's exactly the way you and I uh, should live our life for Christ. We should not be trying for second or third. We should be trying to give God the very best that we have. Uh, that means my goal should be to be the best husband that I can be, to be the best father to my children that I can be, to be the best pastor that I can be uh, to all of you. And so we must uh, discipline our lives just like those professional athletes to, uh, do. All right, the next slide says this. Number two, what do you want most in your life? Now, here's what I'm going to share with you today is um, it, most of us will look too far into the future or we'll try to do too much. Most of us will look and we'll go, uh, well, you know, I want to get all these things straight in my life. And maybe it might be a list of 10, 20, 25, 30 things. And that's too overwhelming. You can't do it all at once. Um, so what I want to encourage you today while you're at home, uh, gathered with your family there watching this, hopefully, uh, I want you to get a piece of paper and a pen. And I want you to write down, uh, find victory in one area. Don't try to uh, straighten out your whole life in one day. I'm telling you, I want to encourage you today, the best way to start on all this is to pick one area and your goal is to find victory in one area so I want you to choose the one area in your life that you think I really would like to do better at this I would really like to get victory in this area of my life and I want you to write that thing down all right everybody just take time to do that uh, get you a pen and paper don't write it where anybody else can see it this is for you and you alone to work on this is between you and God but I want you to find that one area you want to work on, and I want you to write it down. Why do I need to write it down, Mark? Because there's something about writing something down, putting it somewhere where you can see it, 
Uh, I even uh, encourage you, write scriptures down and hang them on your mirror when you see them in the morning. Write down your goals and put them somewhere where you can see them. There's power in writing that down. There's power in spoken word, and there is very much power in the written word. And uh, it, it's kind of an accountability, too. When you put those things in your life and they're staring at you every day from the mirror or the refrigerator or wherever you choose to hang them, uh, there's something it kind of brings about accountability in your life. Oh, yeah, these are the areas I need to work on. Uh, you know, uh, many people I know uh, take index cards and they write down scriptures that they want to memorize that are special to them in their life and that they need in their life to help them be the person they need to be. And they put them in their mirror so that every morning when they're getting ready for work, they are reading those scriptures and they are setting them to memory. And uh, I can't think of a greater way. Uh, we all need to be working on that. Uh, you know, God's word becomes most alive when it's soaked into your heart. And I know most of us are like, well, you know, I'm not big on memorizing scripture. Listen, uh, we can memorize phone numbers. We can memorize uh, jingles from, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, commercials. Uh, yes, we can memorize scripture. Uh, we just don't make the effort many times. So uh, that's a great way to do that. So I want to encourage you. So right now, find that one area in your life, and I want you to write it down because we're going to come back to it a little bit later, okay? All right, and let's go to the next slide. Number three. What do you need to choose now, all right? Now, when I say, what do you need to choose now, it's what do you need to choose now to achieve what do you want most, all right? In other words, what you want most, you know, that one thing you wrote down, what can I do right now in my life to start, start the change towards that, all right? Uh, let me give you some examples. Uh, maybe you wrote down, I want to be closer to God, all right? Well, then what you need to do is you need to choose a daily Bible reading plan. There's lots of ones. Uh, I have one on my phone called Version, and it comes with all the Bible. Uh, you can read your Bible on there, and then it comes with all sorts of uh, daily reading plans. It comes with all kinds of uh, different studies and different things, and it's right there on your phone so that it's easy to access every single day. And so I would that, that's just one of many. But find you a, a da daily Bible reading plan and then commit to that that commit that I'm going to read the Bible every day, commit that I'm going to pray to the Lord every day. Now, this doesn't just happen by accident, and the devil will try to put every obstacle in your way. You have to be uh, proactive. You have to choose a place and a time where you know you're not going to be disturbed. That might mean you have to get up 15 minutes earlier or uh, to spend that time with the Lord, but I, you've got to commit to it. You've got to commit, Lord, I'm going to spend this time with you every single day. I'm going to spend more time in prayer. I'm going to spend more time reading your word. And then commit to, uh, to Bible study and commit to coming to church. Uh, you know, I, I cannot tell you enough. A lot of people say, well, I don't need church. I can worship God without church. Listen, uh, Jesus Christ himself said that he died and gave himself for the church. And you may say, well, that's the, that's the church as a whole. Listen, uh, he believes in the church and he believes that we need each other. Why do you need church? Church is imperfect. People, because people are imperfect, people are going to hurt your feelings, people may say the wrong thing, but I'm here to tell you, God uses the church. We were not designed to do the Christian life alone. We need one another, so uh, get in where you can be involved with other believers, all right? I want to encourage you, everybody here needs to do that, all right? Uh, so commit to church and being there when the doors are open, and commit to a, maybe another Bible study. I know lots of places of work 
have different Bible studies at uh, at, at their workplace. Uh, there's some that are you know during the weeknights. Uh, just find one you can get involved in because uh, sometimes a Bible study will allow you to go a little bit deeper, ask questions, and it's just uh, sometimes uh, can give you a little bit more in depth. All right. If you were to say maybe you wrote down I need to lose 20 more pounds, I need to be healthier, uh, then I would say to you what what do you what do you want most? I want to lose 20 pounds. What do you need to do now to do that? You need to go join a gym. You need to maybe hire a trainer. You need to go on a diet. Hello, Mark Trammell. Uh, you know we need all those things if you're going. Going to be in better shape and be healthier, then again, you've got to be proactive. You've got to choose what do I need to do now to get to where I want to be in the future. All right. So do those things. Maybe you might, maybe you wrote down, I want to have a better marriage. Listen, everybody here needs that. I don't care how good your marriage is. We could probably all say my marriage could be better. It could be stronger. Uh, there's not a one that couldn't say that. So if you want a better marriage, make sure you have a date night. And I know when you have small kids, that's very hard to pull off. But I'm here to tell you that is for the health of your marriage. You don't want to raise, spend 20 years raising all your kids and then one day look at your husband or your wife and say, I don't even know you uh, because we never spent any time together over the last 20 years. I don't, we don't even have anything in common anymore. So you've got to develop that relationship with that person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, even after your kids are gone. Uh, so have a date night commit to it all right uh, counseling everybody needs counseling sometimes we tend to think in our society today that well if I need counseling then that means I'm weak well guess what that, that's true we're all weak and we all need counseling we all need to vent we all need somebody to uh, to tell our problems to and get a different perspective all right somebody that is uh, not in the middle of the situation uh, and then if you don't pray together as a husband and wife that's a great place to start it's hard to be mad at your spouse when your spouse is praying for you and praying for blessings over you and praying that the Lord would bless you. Uh, it's hard to be mad at somebody when they're doing that. So uh, the, one of the greatest ways you can start is begin to pray together. And again, you have to commit to that. That's not just going to happen. Commit to it. All right. Uh, maybe you wrote down, I want to be free from this addiction that I have. All right. So what do I need to do now to make that happen in the future. I need to, first of all, with any addiction, it's admit I have a problem. Uh, many of you need to look in the mirror and we need to say, you know what? This is a problem area in my life. I think I control it, but in reality, it controls me. All right, so first thing is to admit it for, admit you have the problem. Then number two is ask for help. You need to ask for help. Uh, Again, many of us want to say, well, I can't do that because people will think I'm weak. Listen, that's pride. Uh, pride comes before your fall, all right? So get rid of your pride and uh, commit that I need to ask for help. And part of that means I need counseling. Uh, I think most marriages uh, you know, need counseling. Also, if you have an addiction, you need counseling because many times your addiction is a symptom of a problem that's much deeper in your life that you need counseling on, all right? So seek counseling. And then last but not least, seek accountability. We all do better when we have somebody that will ask us the hard questions, that will hold us accountable, okay? All right, uh, and then last, the last one maybe you wrote, I want to be out of debt. Uh, you know, maybe your financial house is all messed up. Uh, what do I need to do right now to make that happen? Stop spending. Hello. Stop shopping. Uh, go home and cut up your credit cards. Oh, my goodness. Uh, be faithful 
to your church, be faithful to tithe, and to do it God's way. God has a financial plan for your house. Most people just don't know it because they ignore it, or they don't want to read it, or they don't want to admit it. Uh, Again, it's a control issue. Well, that's my money. I earned it. I want to control it. Listen, I'm here to tell you, like most things in your life, uh, if you'll do it God's way, it'll work a whole lot better. And God's way is to be faithful, give to the church, give your tithes and your offerings, and do that first. Let it be the first fruits, and it's amazing how God will take care of the rest. I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm just saying that God teaches us when we're faithful to him, you cannot outgive God. When you're faithful to him, it's amazing how he will bless your household. All right? So... Uh, these things are being proactive. Uh, you've got to do something now to get the results of what you want later. If you want your life to be better, if you want these areas in your life to be better, then there are some things you've got to, the God, again, God's not going to do it for you, but he will help you, but you've got to be proactive and do these things now to make things better in the future. All right? Our next scripture is this, 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27. So right after he talks about running the race, uh, he adds to it, and he says this, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Wow. So I like to keep that verse there. But I discipline my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Listen, whether any preacher would admit it or not, I'm here to tell you, most preachers, we're preaching to ourselves. Again, we're not superhuman. Guess what? The, all the preachers, we are flesh and blood just like you are. We struggle. And uh, I'm here to tell you, uh, I need to discipline my body uh, because I'm preaching to myself when I'm preaching to you too. And uh, I I want to practice what I preach. Uh, I myself, I don't want to become disqualified. I want to be um, an example, and I know that people are watching us. Whether we realize it or not, people are always watching us. Your kids are watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. Your co-workers are watching you. And so uh, they're watching how we handle it. They're watching how we live our lives, and we need to do it to honor God, all right? Um, so, you know, here's the thing. If you want to go through life, and I do, I want to get to the end of my life, and I want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want to get to the end of my life and have any regrets. Now, that's probably pretty impossible to not have any regrets, but I want to have as few regrets as possible. All right, let's go to the next slide. Uh, no regrets. Here's here's what we need to set in our mind, and I wish you would make this um, commitment with me today. I refuse to be the one who says this, I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. You know, one, one of the advantages of what's going on now, we're all being forced to spend more time together. We're all being forced to spend more time in our home. We're all being forced to spend more time as families. Could I just encourage you, use this time. Don't spend it all on your phone. Don't spend it all on the television. Uh, what an opportunity that we're spending this time together because many of us, we're going to get to the end of our lives and we're going to wish I'd spent more time with my kids. How do you spell love? T-I-M-E. All the stuff you can buy them, all that will fade away. They won't remember any of those things. What they'll remember at the end of their life is who you were to them. Uh, did my parents love me? Did my dad love me? Did he spend time with me? And that's how we spend, uh, how we spell love. T-I-M-E. All right. Uh, second one, if only I had forgiven blank and had a relationship. 
I preached a few weeks ago on forgiveness and uh, forgiving and forgetting, you know, and the Lord commands us to forgive like he does. And it says that he forgives us and he forgets it and he casts it as far as the east is from the west. And most of us are good <coughs> at verbally forgiving, but we're not good at forgetting. We keep it tucked away. And many times we, we say, well, I can't forgive. You don't know what they did to me. Listen, uh, you don't want to get to the end of your life and it be too late. That relationship with that person, one day they'll be gone or you'll be gone and it will be too late. If I could encourage you with anything today, it's go forgive that person. Uh, if, if there's something between you and a brother or sister, go and get that right. The Bible says that if you're coming and you're leaving your offering, it says leave your offering there, leave your sacrifice and go and get it right uh, with your brother or sister. So don't get to the end of your life and regret, if only I'd forgiven so-and-so and had a relationship. And many times these are family members. These are people that should be the very closest to us. And many people, we've, uh, we've put them away, and we've not communicated with them in years and years and years. Could I say today, just love them where they're at. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to agree with everything. It's not going to make the past go away. But I'm here to tell you there needs to be healing, and uh, your life will be richer and fuller if you will go and reestablish that relationship. Uh, The next one, I should have taken better care of myself. Listen, um, we live in America, and uh, it's hard. Uh, We live in a fast food society, and it's hard to take care of yourself. But here's the thing. Uh, God gives us one life. And I've got to take better care of myself. I want to be here as long as I can. I want to be preaching the word of God as long as I can. I want to be able to see my kids as long as I can. I want to see grandkids and great-grandkids. I want to be here as long as I can. And uh, sometimes that falls on my plate. You know, if you'd have taken better care of yourself, you would have lived longer, all right? So uh, we should all be striving to uh, to take care of our health better, all right? Um, here's what some people will say. And I don't want this to be me at the end of my life. Um, Don't get to the end of your life and say this. I never planned to end up here. I would give anything for another chance. I wish I had never started. I had no idea how this one thing would ruin my life. So many people, so many regrets. Now listen. I have things in my past, you have things in your past, we all have things in our life that uh, we wish we could go back and change, but guess what, that's not possible. You cannot go back and change the past. But you can ask the Lord to help you move past it. You can ask for forgiveness. You can reestablish and make things right with the people that were involved. You can make things right between you and God. And God says, I will forgive you, and I'll cast it as far as the east is from the west. Um, but you've got to be proactive in that. Don't live in the past, but don't get to the end of your life and say, man, this one area in my life, it ruined my life. And I had no idea when I began that it would ruin my life. Uh, listen, get rid of those things. Change those things. Be proactive. Let's fight the good fight. Let's go out and run the race, like Paul said, and let's run to win the prize. And uh, here's our last slide, and I want to encourage you with it. Uh, if you would, yeah, go ahead and go to the next one there. And it says, with Christ's help, I'm going to choose the pain of discipline over regret. Don't get to the end of your life and have 
regrets on the way you should have lived your life. I want to encourage you today. Uh, let's run the race and let's run it to win. Uh, I believe God has given us a spirit of victory, not of fear. And so I'm claiming this time with all this happening, as crazy as it seems and as depressing and as fearful as it can be, I'm claiming that God has given us the victory. I'm claiming the victory in Jesus Christ. And I believe he's going to take what the devil meant for good and turn uh, what the devil meant for bad and turn it into something good. What a great opportunity to get closer to your families. What a great opportunity for your family to spend time. Hey, what better time than right now to maybe start uh, having a family devotional time and spending time with your family and just spending time in the Word and seeing what, let everybody in on the discussion. And, uh, you know, what a great time for our families uh, to become closer to God and closer to one another. Uh, put your phone down. Turn the television off. It's That's an easy thing to get sucked into during this time. But use this time wisely. I want to encourage you to do that. Um, you know, before I end and before I pray for, for all of you, and I want to end with a, a prayer blessing over everybody today, uh, I want to encourage you. These, these are weird times. Uh, the church, I want to encourage you, uh, be faithful to watch and, uh, and be faithful to still be uh, watching and uh, attending with, uh, by watching on, on Facebook and watching the videos and uh, be faithful again in your family time to spend time with the Lord. Um, every church is going to struggle financially during this time. So I encourage you, if you're watching, whether this is your church or you're part of another church, uh, be faithful in your giving, be faithful in your tithing, because uh, this is going to be a very challenging time financially uh, for a lot of churches. So uh, I encourage landmarkers, again, you can give online, or uh, if you need to mail it, or if you need uh, someone to come get it or drop it off here at the church, uh, just let me know. Just send me a message, and we'll be glad to make whatever accommodation. Uh, but I want to encourage you, God's still in control. He's on his throne. And, uh, man, take heart. Uh, keep close to the victory because the victory is ours through Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you, and uh, then we'll be done. Father, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the goodness of your word. Uh, Lord, I pray. I don't know who's going to be watching this. I don't know who all is going to be uh, tuning in to watch this. But I just pray right now, Lord, if they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, if they would say right now, I don't know if I were to die right now, whether I would go to heaven or where I would spend eternity. Lord, I just pray that they might turn to you because, uh, Lord, it's not based on us. It's based on you and uh, what you did for us on the cross. So I just pray that uh, they would say this prayer. If you're out there today and you say, I, I'm not sure if, uh, if I were to die right now where I would go, uh, just pray this prayer with me and say it in your heart. Say it uh, and mean it from your heart. Dear Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I need you. And so I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. Wash my sins in your blood that you spilled for me on that cross. I ask you to be my Savior and the Lord of my life. Father, I pray that if anyone prayed that prayer, they would just message us back. I pray, Lord, if someone has an encouraging word or uh, anything to share, God, that they would just message on Facebook. Uh, God, I just pray this could be, uh, Lord, one of our greatest times as the body of Christ. So I pray a prayer blessing over everyone watching this right now. Holy Spirit of God, uh, do something in all of our lives to draw us closer to you. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
God bless you. It's been great to spend time with you, and I'll see you next week.